Well, it feels like the sky is falling, but it isn't. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks. Keep liking, commenting, and subscribing, please, and thank you wherever you listen to or watch this show. Yeah, it's a, it's a sobering Monday, isn't it? It's not the Monday we were hoping for. It's not the Monday we should have. Kenny Dillingham is gone. It was an embarrassing performance against Oregon State. I'm not even going to talk as much about the game today. I'll save a lot of that for for tomorrow's show. But I think this needs to be said to any and all Oregon fans out there listening and watching right now. Take a breath. Take a breath. The sun came up. Oregon is 9-3. and three. They'll go to a bowl game this year. Hopefully have an opponent they can beat. Whether or not Bo Nix play, I don't know. They can still get to 10 wins. If not, you look up say, yeah, it's not a very good 9-4. and four. Newsflash, everybody. I don't mean to be condescending. A bad 9-4 and four season is the mark of a wildly successful and strong football program, which is what Oregon has right now. Yeah, I know it stinks that Kenny Dillingham left. We knew that was going to happen. Plenty of thoughts on that. If you want me to talk about it, let me know. I imagine a good number of you do. That's, again, stuff I'll get to later in the week. But we need to be looking and thinking big picture right now. Outside of that calamity on Saturday at Research Stadium. Oregon is going to be okay. Oregon is going to be okay. I'm going to repeat that time and time and time and time again here on this episode. Until we all can understand that. Yes, it feels bad right now. It feels really bad. When I go out on the course and make a triple bogey every now and then, it feels like crap. I didn't start, I didn't suddenly, just because of that one triple bogey, suck at golf. I've played for 10 years. I'm all right. But I didn't lose all the ability I have because of one bad hole. Yes, it was a terrible game. It was awful. It was amazing for about three and a half quarters, and then it was a giant letdown. But if we start to perpetuate this notion that things are worse, and by the way, before I go any further, I am dead serious about this for all of you watching on YouTube. If anyone, in a serious manner, I'm generally able to tell when you're being sarcastic, if anyone in a serious manner comes on here and says landing needs to go, you're off the channel. I am dead serious. I don't want to hear it. I do not want to hear any of that. I will put up with people frustrated about the game because I am frustrated about the game. I will put up with concerns about, well, what happens now? Who's the OC going? I understand all of that. Do not come on here and feel like Dan Lanning is not the guy anymore. You can't have thought that a month ago that he was going to take us to the playoff in his first year and now think, oh, man, he's just, oh, that's no good. Here's a reason we should stay confident in Dan Lanning. Number one, at this point in time, based on the information we have, 
Dante Moore congratulated Kenny Dillingham on getting the job at Arizona State. That's been his primary recruiter. There has not been yet any expressed interest on his part of decommitting from Oregon. I know that's a top priority. It should be. Quarterback is a legitimate question going forward. But to say that Lanning is still not a coach I feel good about, no. Did I like what I saw on Saturday? No. But I've seen Tiger Woods miss cuts. I've seen Tom Brady throw game-losing interceptions. I've seen really good coaches blow it. I watched Greg Popovich keep Tim Duncan on the bench while Ray Allen hit a three-pointer right in the corner for a miracle comeback because they got a rebound that wouldn't have happened if Tim Duncan had been on the court. I see great coaches have bad games. Great players have bad games. It is what happens. Think about Justin Herbert. Interesting parallel I thought of in the car driving back from Las Vegas where I was over the weekend between Dan Lanning and Justin Herbert. Do you remember Herbert as a freshman? What did we see right when he started playing? Whoa, that's a big arm. Whoa, he's mobile too. Hey, this guy's making some throws. Hey, I think this guy's really good. I went to that Cal game in, what was that, 2000 and... It would have been 15, no, 16, the four and eight season. I went to that Cal game in 2016 in Berkeley. And Justin Herbert made some amazing throws. He did. He had like five, six touchdowns, put up a bunch of points. Defense was terrible, but Herbert was slinging around the field. And then he threw the game losing interception. Should we have bailed on him right then and there? Should we have said, oh, well, you know, that true freshman who's out there starting. Man, he just threw a game-losing interception. You can't have that. I don't care about everything else he did. I care about what he did right there in that one moment. By the time Herbert was a senior, he was a better quarterback, right? Landing's a true freshman right now. He's never been a head coach. This is his first time. He is learning on the job. There was some risk involved with hiring a guy who hadn't been a head coach before. There always is. Doesn't mean I don't like the hire. I still like the hire. I still like Dan Lanning. I still like a lot of the things he does as the head coach of our football program. Was that a bad day? Yeah, it was. Was it on the coaching staff? Yeah, it was. You know what else I expect? For Oregon to be better in year two, three, four, and maybe beyond with Lanning and company than they are in year one, especially when it's their first time. And Dillingham is a great example of that. He's now with Arizona State. I don't begrudge him for for wanting the job. I think real quick on the note that, well, you know, he had a foot out the door and that's why they didn't do this, that, or the other thing. Maybe for a few details, but that game wasn't on Kenny Dillingham in the offense. They put up 34 points. They did 21-point lead. That's enough to win the game. Like the Washington game, that's all on the defense. Case in, uh, end, end of discussion. Right there. Done. If Dillingham hadn't taken the ASU job, we still lose that game. We still lose that game. It's easy to get frustrated, caught up in the moment and that sort of stuff. Important to keep perspective. Dan Lanning and all the good things he has done here in year one, they're still there. We still enjoyed them. Yeah, this is a crappy end to what was a really promising regular season. But all that promise was still there. Exciting games were still there. Big wins were still there. I remember the Utah game. I remember the UCLA game. Early in the year, I remember the BYU game. 
I remember saying, man, it seems like there's a little bit of an upgrade here in some sense because last year we were beating bad teams by narrow margins and now we're beating them the way we're supposed to. I'm not just going to forget all that because Lanning and Tosh Lupoi specifically had a bad Saturday second half. I'm not going to just throw all that out the window. Kind of like you're throwing money out the window right now because of inflation. Upside can help you avoid thinking about different ways to cut back, whether it's driving less, dining out less, or buying from the grocery store less than you would like, which I have to do here uh, pretty soon. Uh, And I don't like what I see there, but... I'm getting cash back thanks to Upside. To get started, download the free Upside app. Use my promo code LOCKED and get $5 more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why, one of many reasons, they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED to get $5 more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. It was an embarrassing Saturday for Dan Lanning. Doesn't mean he's not going to be a great coach. Doesn't mean he isn't a great coach right now. You know why Oregon lost two of their last three games and they were in position to win all three? Because they played three good football teams. I don't know if you've noticed, the Pac-12 is a really good conference this year. We've got seven bowl-eligible teams, and the next team, the next closest one, is Arizona at 5-7. and seven. That played Mississippi State tight, a solid, respectable SEC team with Mike Leach. That beat UCLA, who I still think is a good team, a really good team, top 15, 20 caliber. Like, that's the eighth team in the conference. This is a really good league now. It is not what it was from 2000-2010 when it was USC and a bunch of good to average. This year in particular. It's re- when Washington State is your seventh team, they finished seven and five this year. We saw how good they are. I think whoever the Cougars play in their bowl game, if it's the right matchup, they could house them. I think Washington State's a good football team that's getting better and better as the year goes on. But I digress. It is really easy because it was the Bees and the Huskies to look up and say, wow. This sucks. Everything's bad. Dillingham is gone. It's all going to be terrible. No. No. And here's the quintessential point. It's because it was the Beavers and the Huskies that you had these defensive collapses that are why so many of you out there, understandably, are feeling like everything is a mess and it's terrible and we're rudder, and it's just oh my gosh it's horrible if that had come if we'd beaten Oregon State but lost to Utah close at home and in beaten Washington but lost to Washington State and that's how we were 9 and 3 nobody i repeat nobody is as upset frustrated or concerned as they are feeling right now it stings more Because we have to deal with what we have given to Washington and Oregon State for most of my life. And that's 365 days or so of bragging rights. That's why this hurts even more. I think from a program perspective, Oregon does have to do some things 
and I believe they can, to stop this one loss from spiraling into being about more than just one game. You don't want to let the recruiting fall off, and you don't want to have players who will be back next year continuing to have it in the back of their minds. You do, but the proper amount. You can't let it take over your brain and all your thoughts. You can have it there as motivation. And you know who's motivated after those two losses in games that Oregon should have won? Dan Lanning. Because I watched his press conference. His face was red. I'm not saying that he'd been crying, but I think the the blood had been pumping. He was not happy. He was upset, frustrated with himself. And all I have ever seen from this guy. Remember how they responded after the Washington game? Came back and beat Utah. For those of you who have concerns about Dan Lanning right now, I don't know how many of you there are out there, but I want to put all those concerns to bed at this point in time because there's not a lot of reason for that. Look at what happened in the Utah games, plural, last year, and look at what happened this year. Yeah, you're at home, but if that game was played on the road, anyone think it was going to be non-competitive? No. Lanning and his staff have done a lot of things right. They just didn't do the end of the Washington and Oregon State games right. And speaking of the rivalries, I saw reports leading up to both games that Lanning was buying into them completely. Ripping chainsaws all week before Oregon State, playing the Husky fight song. He's into it. I love that sort of stuff. Does it make the the loss to a rival? let alone two, hurt even more? Yeah, it does. It does for those players. And he came out. He wasn't making any bones about it. He said, that's a hurting locker room right now. I bet it was. That defense got embarrassed. That was embarrassing. Embarrassing. There's no other way to look at it. It's one thing to blow a 21-point lead in just over a quarter. It's another thing to do it without the other team completing a pass. I mean, that was just, that was horrible. Talk more about that tomorrow. But back to the big picture here. Yeah, Kenny Dillingham's gone. We need a new offensive coordinator. We've done that before. We've done that before. Have we not? It's happened time and time again. And is is it frustrating? On some level, yes. On the other hand, no. Because why does Oregon keep having to go through this with coordinators and assistant coaches leaving? And yeah, a couple head coaches have left too. But why do we keep having, I saw something that I believe is correct. We haven't had the same offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and head coach in consecutive seasons since 2014-15. Not surprisingly, that's the year that we had Mariota. Of course, that helped a lot. But Scott Frost was the OC. The defensive coordinator, I think, was still Aliotti at the time. Don't quote me on that. That sounds right. No, I thought he coached his final game in the Alamo Bowl. Anyway, I, I, I could look that up. But anyway. You get the point I'm trying to make. Hasn't happened for a while. You know why? Because Oregon did all that winning. They won at a high level. We were flashy. We were fun. We were awesome. Corso loved us. Herbstreit loved us on game day as well. All that stuff raised Oregon's profile. And when you raise your profile as a program, you are going to have coaches get poached. It happens all the time. We poached Dan Lanning from Georgia. Yeah, Bulldog fans weren't wild about it because they really liked Dan Lanning. But they also understood that's the way this works. That's the nature of sports. Is it 
more prevalent than it used to be in college sports? Yes, but the world is more connected now. People are much more fluid. They don't retain jobs, not just in sports, but in every aspect of society in the job market. They don't hold on to jobs for as long. I've talked at length with with my parents about this because I'm in the broadcasting industry, and it, much like coaching, is a very transient ordeal. I was at my first job out of college for one year. And that's normal because if an opportunity comes, you go and take it because you don't know whether another one of that caliber will come open again. To my parents and that generation, and I know a lot of you are from that generation or beyond, and I appreciate all of you no matter how old you are or where you are, it doesn't make as much sense because it's not the way that it was. You get a job, you want to show that you'll stay. You want to show that you have some loyalty. It's a different era, and sports have always been more transient because you have so much turnover everywhere you look. And when teams are down, when programs are down, they are going to look to brands that are nationally relevant and teams that are winning. That's where coaches come from. That's where they've always come from. How many times has Nick Saban lost an assistant coach? I've lost track. I have seriously lost track. I'm sure Bama fans have lost track. It's the downside of success. Kenny Dillingham is 32 years old. That's not a guy who you bring in and say, yeah, this is going to be our offensive coordinator for the next four or five years. He's already moved around a lot. He had already moved around a lot in his career. He's an ambitious guy. And he's taking a power five opportunity at his alma mater. I do not begrudge him for that. I knew he wasn't going to say once we were putting up 40 points a game in eight straight. <laughs> like, did you think he was going to stick around? I thought at best we could get two years out of him, but his alma mater came calling. I can't fault him for that. Did you see his press conference? That guy is so legitimately happy to be there. And it doesn't mean he did not like Oregon. It doesn't mean that at all. It just means that he always had his sights set on that one job that came open and he went to it. A couple more thoughts on, on this sort of stuff because I, 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 I really do understand. I was ticked off after that game. I still am. I will be for a while. I've been hearing it from Beaver fans that I know whom I have many friends that are Oregon State fans. Been hearing it from them a lot. A lot. It's not fun, but the sky is not falling. Now, this week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers and vehicles as capable as the driver themselves. When I think of unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moment, it has to be... I don't know, every second that passes that puts the Oregon State game further and further in our past memory? Time heals all wounds? Is that the most thrilling moment? No, it's Chase Cota's touchdown. I mean, that was, oh man, what a catch. Gosh, that was really, really good. It went downhill from there, unfortunately. Kind of like Oregon State's run game. Ooh, too soon, too soon, too soon. Sorry about that. But... Nevertheless, this segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com.
if you're really concerned about the direction of Oregon football right now, ask yourself this question. When have things just all of a sudden gone completely south? And this is a 9-3 and three season. This is a 9-3 and three regular season. Could get to 10 wins if we're victorious in the bowl game, whatever that may be. Probably won't know for a little while, and that's okay. That is a great place to be as a program. Where people want your assistant coaches. Because you have success, they pay attention. That sort of attention on your team is what allows you to recruit at a high level, which Oregon is, and Lanning is, and will continue to do. So everything we liked about Dan Lanning throughout the course of the season, did I think he made some mistakes in that game? Yeah, he did. I'll get to those tomorrow. Because right now, everything with Oregon's mindset, from a fan's perspective, got to be thinking big picture. I know it's hard because you have that pit in your stomach right there that is overflowing with joy when you pick off Cam Rising three times and Bo Nix hobbles for that game-sealing first down. It feels that sizzling burn of defeat every time you think about this game. It does. But I don't think this one game is going to just ruin the Oregon football program. And it's just going to be... I don't think that's going to be the case. Because everything we liked about Lanning, game plans, players, recruiting, culture, his energy, everything you liked about him, aggressiveness to a fault sometimes, for sure. Goodness gracious, take points on the road. I just, man, again, saving that for tomorrow. Does any of that stuff that we liked about him all season long not apply? Do you think he didn't want to beat Oregon State or Washington? Do you think he doesn't know and doesn't want to improve upon the fact that Oregon at separate points in each game had a win percentage of well over 90% and they ended up losing both? Like, yeah, you collapsed in both of them. What coach, especially a first-time head coach, has reached his full ceiling and potential and is as good in year one as he is in year three. What coach worth having, I should say. Some coaches go to a place and pop, and then it goes downhill after that. Anybody feel like that's going to be the case with Dan Lanning? I don't. Maybe some of you do. And I'm going to reiterate again. Anyone who drops a YouTube comment or sends me a message saying, Dan Lanning needs to go. That was unacceptable. No. Take out the first part. Include the second part. That was unacceptable. Yes. You know who knows that? Dan Lanning. You know who I can tell feels that, more importantly? Dan Lanning. Any calls for him to not be the head coach going forward? Not going to hear it. I'm not going to entertain it. It is a ridiculous notion. I I might be getting way out ahead of stuff because most of you probably don't feel that way. But for any of you who do... You shouldn't. You just should not. The grass is still damn green here here in Eugene. It feels like it is brown with no chance of becoming luscious and green again no matter how much water you put there. But Rome wasn't built in a day. 
And Oregon was a good team last year. And I think they're a better team this year. And a couple games just didn't go their way. They did not go their way. But in what game this season did Oregon look outclassed? What game this season did Oregon lose to a team that they were significantly better than? Are they better than Oregon State, top to bottom? Yes, they are. We saw that for three and a half quarters. But a football game is four quarters, and you got to play it out. There was no Stanford loss from last year. There was no tight cow game or Arizona hanging around or anything like that. This is still a good football team. And I do want, I legitimately wonder what it would have been if Bo Nix never gets hurt because that took away our running game significantly and hindered the offense in a big way. We're talking about a razor thin margin, one injury, one or two plays in each of those two losses over the last three weeks. From Lanning being 10 and 2 or 11 and 1 versus 9 and 3. That's college football. That is college football. It's why, when you have that magical season where everything comes together and you have just one loss and get in the playoff like they did with Marcus in 2014 15, you got to appreciate it and enjoy it because it's really, really hard. And this sport is so beautiful and so great until they expand the playoff. <laughs> It'll still be great, of course, but because you operate on razor thin margins. And Oregon was in position to be in the Pac-12 championship game. Yeah, they didn't convert. They did not convert. And they they, they don't deserve to be there because that defense is not good enough. Anyone think it's going to be worse next year? I don't know how it can be. It was a nine-win season this year. Keep the hopes up. Not everything is lost. Talk about what we saw in the Oregon State game tomorrow. Appreciate everyone listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day. I'm here as always. Go Ducks.